Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 61, the Punchboarders go over some recent plays, they talk about a very serious discussion, and then draft our top games that have low rules but high strategy. Hey everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. And I'm Richie. Whoop, whoop, whoo. <sighs> we got a good one today, I think. I can feel it. I can feel it. This is going to be a goodie. Yep. All right. Yep. I'm going to sm- smack your cheeks a little bit. Woo, I'm ready. <laughs> we'll get ready. <laughs> We had a late night last night. Oh, we did. But boy, we played a good game. I'm really jealous. Good. Really good. You guys oh, are so jealous. I, you should be, because it was a good game. I, I, um, this is one that I've been looking at for a long time, and like I said, I was worried that it would just sit around and not get played, but you already got it played! Ah, uh, well, I, so last week, uh, or last episode, we had a, like, our nice guest host of Dan, and he talked about us playing a little Cuba Libre, uh, the coin game, and... That was about when... Uh, Castro took over in 91. Yeah, well, for Dan, at least, that's about what he thought, yes. Uh, Which, I I I had the one play at the time, and I still was a little bit, "Eh, I don't know. And and honestly, I think the first time you play a coin game, you're going to kind of... Ooh, it's gonna punch you in the in the mouth and kind of oh, yeah. you know you just, it's it's a lot going on. Right, you just do what you can do. Yeah, so I got another play of Cuba Libre in and was starting to enjoy it a little bit more. But then Dan got in Gandhi, which is the newest of the coin games, and I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Oh my god, I Rich. am hooked. Absolutely shocking. I, I know, you. right? What the well, heck? I mean, but, 2020, even more surprises. <laughs> Murder Hornet. Okay, but, <laughs> but I'm going to say this, and now I, maybe I'll make a lot of people go crazy on this, but I said this to you last night, Richie, and you talked about Gandhi here in a moment, but I think coin games are more closely linked to a PAX game than I would say Root. Because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just like Root. Because, yeah, you do have the different factions or whatever. But I feel nothing like when I'm playing Root, when I'm playing these coin games. I feel much more like like a PAX type of, of, of scenario. I mean, definitely in our game last night, it, it definitely felt like that push and pull that you get in PAX Premier, for mm-hmm. sure. I still feel Root, though. I feel still feel with those different factions that are completely different. It, I still get that feel. It, for me, it's a mixture of the two. I'm, I'm thinking, honestly, when he says that, that he means thematic. Because... I think he's excited about the history. Well, I definitely, I love history. And this these games were some of the few, first few games that I ever was really interested in. Well, why is my faction doing this? Uh, still didn't help Richie because I tried to tell him some theme last night and he was still like, shut up. That's how I feel every time. Anyways, so for those who don't know, coin, uh, counterinsurgents, and each coin game, and I think there's nine of them, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's right. They each have the same core mechanism in them where when it's you have a card you have these cards that you go through and each card will have each of the four factions on the top of them in some random order and if it's your turn you have an option of taking uh doing the event or you can do what's called a limited action or you can do a regular action plus a special action but where you go then dictates where the next person goes so obviously if you do a better action the next person gets to do 
better actions also. If you go take a kind of a like the limited action, then you stick your opponent with only having an option to do that limited action. And I just think that that is just fascinating. I mean, come on, there ain't nothing like that in Root. Uh, not even close, all right? <laughs> so that right away, but, all right, I'll stop bashing on Root. So Root's still good. But, well, not for me. But anyways. Um, I'm just going to clip that and just <laughs> No, no, no. Root bad. Root bad. Root bad. All right. Just a very fascinating system that in every one of these coin games has it. But then each coin game has, you know, different, the factions will have different abilities of what they kind of will do. And they all have the same basic uh, way to win as they're trying to score a certain number of victory points. But each one of them has a different way that they're scoring those victory points. Mm. And it's such a great cat and mouse game. And I mean, the game, you know, Richie and I got to play last night was so good where it was like almost a, you know, one person would pull a punch and knock a couple people down. And then the next person would come in and throw a punch and not, you know, and go back up. And it was just so back and forth. And I mean, the final scores of that game were Richie ended up with three or yes, two, three, three, three. and yep. Dan and I had two, and Mason had one, so it was that yeah, super close. tight. Yeah, it was just, I mean, like I said, I'm hooked. I've already purchased, uh, I got Pen Dragon on the way, which I'm so looking forward wow. to. I love yeah. that time of history, so I'm so looking forward to Pen Dragon. And I've heard from a lot of people that Pen Dragon is their favorite coin game, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but I'm also, Dan has Liberty or Death coming. I love the American Revolution, and so that looks so cool. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I am I am hook, line, and sinker right now on coin games. I'm just excited we get to play more than Midway Euros around here. Right. Yeah, there <laughs> so. you go. It's exciting. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. What an evolution. I would like to know, because you've talked about, it's a card-driven game, like a lot of card-driven games. One of the most famous is uh, Twilight Struggle, which is a two-player. It's not a coin game, right? Right. But it's a card-driven game where you have events, and I know that in within the systems of the coin games, you have cards that come out right into that row that you talked about where they really only pertain sometimes to a couple of the factions, and you kind of have to choose how to use them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it has that sort of idea to it. And I remember when we talked about playing, well, we played 1960, which is kind of the same way, and that was a two-player. But you had said you really liked Watergate because you said, I like that you have your own deck. You don't have to deal with these cards that don't help your faction necessarily. Uh, did you feel like with a coin game, because there were four people and it, it affected more factions at once, that that was more interesting? Or well, how did you feel about that? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've only played Twilight Struggle one time, and it was years ago uh and so long before i knew what hardly any board games were and so i don't remember a hundred percent i i just remember that if you had a bad card for america and you're america you, there was nothing really you could do about it now of course anybody who's really good at twilight struggle obviously would know how to manipulate it but i didn't feel that way in the coin game where you know a lot of times those events especially if you kind of play them right, you can make sure that if one is really bad for you, you just make sure then to take a limited operation if you, you know, obviously if you're going first and you stick the next guy into not being able to do that event. So I felt like you had a lot more control over it. So I wasn't, wasn't quite as worried about the events. It didn't feel like swinging like that to me in Twilight. Now, please don't rip me apart for Twilight Struggle. It has been so long since I've played it. So I, I that's one I, I probably should try to play again because who knows, you know, at this point. We never know with me. It might all of a sudden be my favorite game. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I would agree that it, it definitely didn't feel swingy. And maybe it was just because there's four people kind of vying for those cards. Felt like you actually had some control to where, you know what? I, I'll pass this round so that I know I'm going to be first on that next card. Right. And that event is either really bad for me, so that way I can control wh- what happens there, or that event's really good for me. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm really excited that you and Dan have bought all of them. <laughs> you now. don't have to worry about buying and them. And I don't even have to worry about buying them. So, <laughs> although I might, I'm looking into the two player one. What's the what's the name of the two player oh, one? Colonial, Colonial Struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I am looking into that because I, I try to get Jessica in. Wow. I'm going to try. She yeah, likes. She likes history and like she loves Pax Premier. Oh, so okay. she, I mean, if I can push her down this road, I'll be happy. There you wow, go. yeah, that'd be amazing. All right. Well, I I will say, I mean, we I know you guys aren't experts yet, but can you talk just a little bit really quick about what makes Gandhi different from some of the other coin games besides the history? Um, no. Uh, well, okay. I mean, honestly, well, Richie obviously can't because that's no. the only one he played. <laughs> um, I, I don't, and I've only played Cuba Libre, you know, the, the two types. The biggest thing I would say, I guess, with Gandhi is... There are normally, at least in Cuba Libre, once again, I've only had the experience of the two. In Cuba Libre, every faction has resources, okay? That they have like a track where they have just resources. And when you go to do things, you spend resources to do them. The biggest difference with Gandhi is there are two factions, obviously the Congress, uh, the Indian Congress, which was where Gandhi was in charge of, and then the uh, Muslims, were nonviolent factions, so they have no resources. They just basically do their thing. Where the uh, two factions Richie and I played, uh, Richie played the uh, the, Raj, the Raj or the you know, the, the British. British, you know, and I played the the revolutionary forces who basically were you know violent, you know, and were, were out to just kill the British. They had to use resources like like normal or or like in like Cuba Libre, and the nonviolence don't. They just have certain number of actions. There's like a unity track where like uh one uh, like the Muslims have like a, a unity or I shouldn't say the Muslims, but there's a unity and then there's a restraint, right. and that's kind of how they have certain actions that they get to take depending on where the unity and the and the uh, or the restraint are. And then and, like my costs were based on the restraint. So if the restraint yeah. was higher it restricts them from moving around on the board but everything that i do costs more right and if it's lower obviously it's cheaper for me but then that allows them to put out protest and, and kind of get in my way yeah so it's a, once again it's a very give and take type type of system um and i'll tell you i mean that was my third time playing gandhi and i'm still just like i i understand and i understand what my faction is kind of doing and how i'm trying to win but i still am like the strategy is still very very tough I oh mean, yeah this it's is, very opaque but yeah it's extremely interesting and just the way that the different in- factions interact uh, i can play this five more times before i even really get what's going on well that's cool now clef you're telling me then that uh that Gandhi lost then, huh? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, in our version from last night, the British still rule India. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> because of the cunning use of flags. Um, well, and we did we, we did make a mistake early where we let Richie do a, uh, a move, or Dan let Richie do a move in a spot he was not allowed to do the move in. Right. And it kind of uh, hurt Mason, who was playing Gandhi. So then Mason then, of course, complained for the rest of the game that that's the reason why. But he, he, uh, did, he still did well. He did. did. He, he, he came back. He, Very he had an opportunity to win. I yeah. mean, cool. and, you know, uh, to, to finish this off, much like Pax, 
you have these campaign cards, well, at least in Gandhi, that are mixed in. And when those trigger, if the first thing you do is, is somebody winning? And if somebody's winning with victory, then they flat out win. Cool. If you get to the last campaign card that's mixed in the deck, then you still say, is anyone winning? Which at that point, literally, Richie, me, and Dan were all winning. And then it was just who's winning by the most. And so that's where Richie ended up with three points and Dan and I both with two. So that's how close that game was. Nice. That yeah, sounds like I, a lot of fun. I just love that tension that that brings yeah. with having those cards in the deck. You don't know where they're going to come and you are, you know, at one point I, me- I remember I was like six points ahead, but then you guys bashed me down Yeah, and we're, you're just hoping that that card comes out next. Yeah. And yeah, and, I love and that I, tension. And I said to Dan afterwards, I said, so this is the third time. Well, the first game we didn't really complete, you know, we we're just trying it out. The second game, uh, Ryan Brockman was playing the British Raj and he won. And I said to Dan afterwards, I think... If we play that again, I think the other three factions need to really kind of be, you know, teaming up against the Raj to kind of knock them down early and not worry so much about trying to win early, knock them down early to try to take them out of it. Because otherwise, if you let the Raj kind of be continue to be powerful, they they get so many resources during a campaign that they can kind of like fight back really easily. So, which, you know, if you really think about it, once again, history-wise, that's really what it was. I mean, obviously, the British were by far the more powerful, you know, force that was there, but they just kept getting knocked down by, you know, the, all these different things that were going on. So, absolutely. You guys just want to stop the podcast? Let's just go play it. <laughs> yeah, hey, let's do it. So, yeah. All right. All right. We'll be back, everybody. <laughs> well, before we do that, I want to hear from Richie because he has a game. I, don't, uh, he, I really wonder how this game works. He is going to talk about in his recent plays, but I have just seen this on shelves and been super curious as to whether it is a successful design, how it works. Richie, tell us about Cosmic Encounter Duel. Well, I was also curious. I went <laughs> I, I went I went to the game show. This was a 100% just splurge random buy. I was I had to get out of the house cuz since I'm working from home, I do not get out of the house all that often. Uh, so I went to the game shop. I was kind of walking around, and I saw it on the shelf. And I said, you know, why not? I'll I'll pick it up and see what yeah. if if they could do it. I would have said, why not just leave it on the shelf? But sure, okay, <laughs> let's hear about this. <laughs> you had your share, I know. <laughs> uh, and so in in Cosmic Encounter Duel, it is it's taking the game because the original Cosmic Encounter is three to eight with expansions, maybe three to seven. One of those player counts obviously it's a negotiation you have all these alien powers that interact in the the original game uh so i wanted just to see if they could pull it off with the two-player variant essentially uh so in the game uh you are still doing like if you if you've played cosmic before uh there's a destiny deck you flip over a card and it will tell you who's attacking who this round and this essentially works the same way in the two-player game except the destiny deck is split into three different decks so there's Uh, The first one that you pull over will tell you, you know, flip over a planet, and then this is the planet that you guys are going to be fighting over. And then after that, it will tell you to draw another card, which will either be a refresh card, which will allow you to draw back up and possibly get other resources. And then uh, there's a, uh, they're essentially contest, which they kind of work the almost the exact same way as the the normal duel, except uh, you use just a a little bit different resource to, to fight over it. Kind of the big thing in 
Cosmic and why I like it as far as like a, 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 a gamer's party game is that negotiation part, that part where you can yell at each other, make threats, make deals, backstab, all that type of stuff. Now, obviously, with two players, that's gone. They still, you still go through, there's a, a huge list of steps that you're going to go through. So basically, you flip over that card, you know what planet you're going to be fighting over, and then you're selecting secretly how many ships you're going to send, and then also your the card that you're going to play. And now, obviously, it, it, and essentially, it's going to be higher card wins, but there's reinforcements which allow you to modify that. Uh, there are alien powers that will change you know, who's going to be the winner, different things like that. And the way that they try to incorporate the negotiation is that there are there's this envoy deck, which has alien powers, which I think all the alien powers in there are from the original game. And those there's three that start out in the middle of the table and you can become friends with that aliens or make them defriend your your opponent and move them back to the middle of the table. But that's essentially their negotiation air quotes that they have in the game where you're trying to, to win sway with some of these aliens so that you get a better power or you increase your power. Uh, but other than that, once you get past that, you're, you're playing, it's essentially you're trying to get the high card to win the planet. It, it for me, I would say it fails at making it the game's fine. It's kind of a game, but <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, at least BGG says it's best at two. So. Yes, it, it is definitely best at two. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but losing that negotiation part, losing that time where, because in a regular game of Cosmic, like if you play a six or seven player, if you play a seven player game of Cosmic, it's possible when it gets to you that you cannot take a turn. Right. But you are involved in everybody's turn. You, oh, okay. At least you should be. That's how you should be playing the game. You should be talking. You should be making those threats. You should be trying to make those deals, trying to backstab. And that's where the game is for me in it. And mm -hmm. this takes that all away, obviously, because you only have two players. So you're essentially just trying to get high card and win a planet. Mm. And like Clef said, I probably should have just left it on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> he was so, curious. Well, you know, I appreciate you sacrificing for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a podcast. I got to play something new. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, save everybody else for. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I, I can't recommend it. I, this would be if you are a huge cosmic fan, but you don't have the group, uh, especially now if you don't have a, a group that you can play with. But you have one other person that you can play with. I mean, maybe if you really want that taste, but it's it's very light the taste what, that you're gonna get. What if I want to play Cosmic Solo? Is there an option for that? Uh, I mean, Knox does that with all my games. <laughs> just about he'll pull them out the and, and, and just play, play with the ships and all stuff right, like I that. Like yeah, it. I like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so yeah, I can't I can't recommend it okay. um, unless, like I said, unless you're in that very small niche gotcha. that you you just need a little taste. All right, Chad. Chad, put away your smartphone. We're doing a podcast <laughs> I'm here. I'm so sorry. I'm trying. It's oh research. Oh my goodness! Come it's on research. now. What are you going to talk about? All right. Well, actually, what? How surprising! What? Smartphone Inc. Oh man! <laughs> and even more apropos is uh, is that I played it at maybe a player count that's probably not the best for the game, but still interesting for an introduction to the game. I played a two-player version of the game. Uh, Smartphone Inc. is from Cosmodrome Games and Ivan Lashin, and it came out uh, two years ago, actually, I think, and this Kickstarter finally brings it you know, to wider appeal. I think it came out at Essen, and it was a little bit hard to get a hold of, especially in the States here. So 
Anyway, this Kickstarter just fulfilled. I had a friend uh, that has it, and I wanted to borrow their deluxe edition. Um, Michelle, actually, friend of the podcast. And so she let me borrow it, and I played it uh, with another friend of ours. And it was it was interesting at uh, at two player. It, it just gives you like like Richie was saying, it gives you a taste. And then we both agreed that we wanted to play it at its max player count, which is five. Now this had all the expansions in it. It had a two to three player map, but we didn't use that because that was part of the expansions, and it threw some other stuff in. And so we just thought we'd start. But it's it's an interesting game. It's almost well. I'll tell you how it plays. You have these you have these pads, or they call them pads, and they're really just uh, tiles that are the size of pipeline tiles. And you're taking the pads, maybe a little bit bigger. Maybe it's like two pipeline tiles together, so it's oblong like that, or not oblong. I guess it's rectangular but rounded. Anyway, you are. They have actions on the pads. So the actions are raising the price of your phones, lowering the price of your phones, because you're a company that's trying to sell the most cell phones and make the most money at the end of the game. So you have things like getting new technology. You have things like uh, producing, you know, so you're producing your phones. So you go through a, a series of steps at every round. And basically, you're taking these tiles, though, and you have to overlap them at least... Uh, at least by a square or two. I can't remember exactly how, but they have to be either perpendicular or parallel to each other. And so you're choosing which actions to get to do and which actions to cover up. And then based on how your pricing comes out, that determines who gets to take actions first for the beginning of the round. So everybody starts at $5 for their phones, for example. But if I have a tile that I've raised the price of mine, $2 higher than Richie's, then Richie gets to go before me. That kind of kicks everything off. And then you have uh, different phases where you are choosing technologies. And the technologies are different tiles that you can get to add to your board. So you're going to get more of those pads, okay? And then you also have these sort of progress tokens that you're going to get to put down on these other things at the bottom of the board. And they are sort of like objective tiles that give you special powers, okay? And if you're the first to do them, you get extra points, but they cost more to do. And they give you, you know, options like, oh, you can you can lay out, uh, you can lay out, sell your phones and you don't have to have spots on the different countries and, and things of that nature. And then another thing that you get to do with your actions is you have these trucking symbols on your tiles. And so if you put out some of those, you get to, depending on where you're at on the board, you get to move your offices around. So now you have offices in different countries and that allows you to possibly be able to sell to those different countries. But different countries want different things and they want, you know, phones that are priced at, at less maybe, or phones that have 4G or phones that have a network capability symbol. So basically, you're trying to get to those countries first before others so that you can try to fulfill as many of the things that you fit with as you can and thereby locking some other people out sometimes. And there are you know, different ways to get around that. Sometimes it's good to have cheap phones so that you can get in first and do stuff. But sometimes it's, it's good to have more expensive phones because at the end of the round, you score by selling, you know, how, how many phones you sold for the price you sold them at. And then you get to add that to your to your point total, basically. D does it cut it down for player count? I mean, like, are there less spots? Or? Slightly, you know, they, it does it slightly, but it mm -hmm. still feels a little bit loosey-goosey. That's why we wanted to try it at five. And again, this is based on one play, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you get a taste and you're kind of like, okay, I see how this game works. And actually, the mechanisms for an economy game, because it really is, I mean, it, it's basically, you know, an economic game. 
it's pretty light. You know, it's kind of like if you said, well, I know I can't teach my, my friends food chain magnate. That's not where we're going with this, but maybe I can get them into this game and then like sort of a precursor. And then we can work our way up to this. Cause you have, you have opportunities to lock each other out. You get, you know, you get, um, bonuses based on being the most in a country, you know, a country where you sold your phone. So not just points or money really, uh, per, per phone that you've sold, but also bonuses of, you know, area majority. So was your initial thought though, a little light for, I mean, a little light for what were you going to play? Well, that's the thing. I think, I think it's lighter than what, what we're used to most of the time, but I'd like to see how it played more at five. And with some of the expansion stuff in there, I think that there's, there's room to kind of mix it up a little bit more and to, uh, to make sure that it, you know, it doesn't get too stale or there's not just one strategy like flood the market with cheap phones and get there first or, you know, yeah. those kinds of things. I think that there's, I can see room to, to do other strategies, but I think it's meant to be, you know, this is part of the dice tower essentials line that they picked up from arcane wonders. And I, I think it's meant to be sort of a, this is, an, you know, a good introduction to heavier economic games. It, it It's meant to be accessible. I, I think they're, could still be a place in it for people's catalogs, but I, I I'd be curious. We'll we'll play it, Clef, and I'll I'll be curious to see what you what you have to say. And okay. I uh, it might be who knows we it might be a review too. So we'll we'll just kind of see. All right, sounds good. And that was Smartphone Inc. from Cosmodrome Games. So usually we talk about a, a you know. A email question or something like that. Right now, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world with things like Black Lives Matter and 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 overt racism. And we say that we talk about topics that affect the board gaming community. So I think this is as good a time as any to talk about a topic that definitely is out there but doesn't always get talked about, and that's uh, racism at the board gaming table. One of the things that actually made me think of this or bring up this topic, besides the timeliness, is that we have a friend in the community, uh, a really good guy. He's uh, black and he has his own YouTube channel with his family. And uh, I had never met up with him except online. And he came and joined us at a 24-hour event. And I uh, grabbed him and said, hey, come on, play with us. You know, it's so good to see you. And pulled him over and and uh, got him into the game right away. And I was playing with a couple of other people that I didn't know really at all. I had pulled them into a game earlier and had just met them that day as well. So we were just playing. And over the course of the beginning of the game, uh, our friend started talking about uh, what what he did and what his YouTube channel was about, which is to say that it was sort of about being inclusive and getting people of color and that sort of thing more involved in the board game community, which is great because we all know that at these conventions and such, it is 95% white males. So uh, it's a great, it's a great mission. But anyway, he started talking about that. And uh, the other guys that I had been playing with said, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And one of the guys said, oh, you know, something along the lines of, oh, that's really interesting. You know, uh, I think it can be really great that, you know, they get like inner city kids involved with chess and stuff like that. And <laughs> it was I, I kind of sat back for a second <laughs> and our friend said, wait, what? <laughs> and uh, the other guy who had who had just made that comment sort of. I think he kind of backtracked a little bit, but he didn't, I don't even know if he really realized what he said. 
And I looked down at my cards and got really red and got really quiet and didn't say anything, unfortunately. And our friend was left to say, you know, just nod and and let it pass after after he had made that comment. And I felt bad about that. I mean, honestly, it really ate at me for a while because as somebody, A, that is just a friend to him and really enjoyed his company, I felt like I put him in a bad position because he, at that moment, he had to be either the person who's going to stand there and educate about why that wasn't a cool thing to say, why that was, I don't know if you want to call it casually racist, since I, I don't know that he even acknowledged what he said was was racist, but you know, I think that it made it made our friend it put him in a bad position and he either had to do that or he had to lean back and say, "Hey, I'm cool. Everything's cool." You know, which is really uncomfortable either way. And so I just felt bad about that. I think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough and I I thought to myself, I want to do better. I want to be better at that and and learn how to be more comfortable just calling out that stuff when I when I see it. I think it's important sometimes to when I say calling out, it sounds aggressive, and I don't think anybody needs to be aggressive about it necessarily, but sometimes people need to know how things come across and what that does and how that sounds. Hopefully, that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about today. Now, I mean, ha Richie, have you ever been at the table where you've experienced anything like this or, you know? I, I mean, I personally have not. Now, it usually I can be an intimidating figure with my size. So I usually don't get <laughs> <laughs> just through my life. I have not had any issues. Um, and that's probably due to my size. So uh, me personally, no, I've never had that. I mean, in that type of situation, it's tough because I would, I mean, just far, and I don't know this person um, that you're talking about, but I would guess that he's not doing it on purpose. Right. I didn't, he so, didn't come across that way. Like, so for me personally, I wouldn't want to, just like embarrass him in front of everybody and be like, you know, that's not cool. Now, if it's if it's someone that I know really well and they say something just, you know, out of hand or out of pocket or whatever, I'll, I'll just say something, but it's not, it would not be a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I just think it's important to, intention is very important. Right. And if, it, if it's something that they are just saying, like, I mean, you think of our grandparents that are coming from a different time, they say things, my grandparents have said wild things to me, uh, about all races right. yeah <laughs> and, and it's and i know where they are coming from as far as they were born in a different different generation they have different experiences and so i'm not going to beat them up for where they're at today right you know what i'm saying um so yeah I, I, intention and context are just extremely important in those types of situations so do you guys feel like is it important then because because you want that person to know, right? Because our friend, you know, he, you could tell he was taken aback and kind of, I could see that he was, I won't say hurt by it, you know, because I, I feel like, and I've talked to him since, but I feel like he's gotten that, you know, sort of thing more than once. So for him, you know, to feel like A, he's supported and B, uh, for this other person to, to know that it's wrong because he was a younger guy. I mean, he's not of that generation. You know, do you, do you talk to them separately in private then? Do you feel like, or, or, I mean, because, I know that this can be kind of a personal issue. Everybody's different. Obviously, you're not speaking for everyone. We're just talking about experiences. No, yeah. yeah, it's it's a certainly it's a tough call because, as you said, we're we're having fun and you know you're playing games and I mean at least the the situation you're talking about. I mean, does sound like I mean you know I mean he's probably trying to be genuinely supportive, but obviously doing it in a very 
wrong way. And let's face it, unfortunately, there are still a lot of ignorant people out there. And there are a lot of people out there that who are going to just just are not, you know, they, they, they've, whether they've grown up that way or they've had parents that have taught them those type of things, they are that way. And so I guess the question now comes down to, as us as a society, what do we do? Because, you know, I mean, whether it becomes, you know, and much more serious issues, you know, with like police brutality and, you know, other different things is a lot more serious. But certainly in the board gaming world, we need to make a decision of, you know, how are we going to try to make it a more inclusive world, you know? And and we're very lucky that, you know, we obviously have Richie as a friend, you know, and he, and so we have that, uh, you know, somewhat where we have that inclusiveness. But as you just said, I mean, and no offense, but Richie's really my only black friend that I have that I play board games with. And I would, I would love to see what can I do to try to make it a more, you know, world that we could all bring together. Because uh, to me, I, I'm a very big, you know, I'm a, hu- you know, I'm a human being. We're all human beings. And I don't, and I, I know Richie would, would probably say this to Richie to him is he's a board game player and we don't even think about, you know, what his color of skin is, or, you know, obviously Chad, I don't care what your color of skin is. We're here to play board games and have fun. And that's what we're all about. And, and that's what I wish, you know, or what, what can I do to bring you know, that world more into board games to try to be more, uh, you know, inclusive to everybody. I feel like one of the things, and and, and again, I could be wrong, but I feel like one of the things we can do is to find ways to gently say, you know, say things like that, that, that support that person or just say, and I don't know how to word it, but hey, you know, I don't think he was just talking about inner city kids, you know, just because he's black doesn't mean, and not, you know, in, in as in as, in as little of a confrontational way as possible so that you can, again, look at the supporting side of it and say, hey, you're supporting, but that way he doesn't hopefully, hopefully feel right. attacked, but then our friend also feels like supported and he can go back and say, sure. hey, I know these guys. I've played with these guys. This is a group that, you know, I feel supported in. This is, you know, they're open. They're, you right. know, this right. is a comfortable place for me to play because that's really where it comes down sure, to, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, Jed, I know you would say the same thing here that, I mean, if anybody ever said something about Richie in a negative way, I'd be done playing board games with him. Yeah. I'm, I'm not taking anything like <laughs> yeah. that. You yeah. know, that's, that's not the world of that I'm going to be playing board games with those type of people. Right. And I would just say, yeah, and I agree with you hundred percent. I would just say to make sure to be gentle when you do that, especially if you're in a public forum and just because you see a lot of times and especially with all the protests right now and like things that happen on Twitter, even though there's, I mean, there's not that many people on Twitter, <laughs> like when you yeah, look at the yeah. population, but it, it feels like there's a lot of people on there, but you, you'll see someone who is, they're just ignorant. Yep. They're not trying sure. to do anything bad. They're not. They just, they are ignorant just from, you know, as far as where they grew up in or who they have had the opportunity to be around. Sure. And they make a comment, they do something stupid, and then they get just erased. And it's, so I, and I, I, I guess I don't understand usually in those content, in those types of situations, like what are you really gaining from that? You're taking someone who is just ignorant. It's not like they are a white supremacist or not. They're not actively trying to, you know, hold people down of color or anything like that. And you are just 
pushing them off. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes, and it it's okay to, you know, to call it what it is, but I think sometimes, you know, just saying the word racism is a, is a hot button in, in and of itself. And it's sort of a, I mean, maybe it helps to even say in this case, right? Because I firmly believe that in this case, that's sort of where that person was who made that comment that he was just, you know, he was ignorant. And it, it's a it's a casual on his part, a casual misconception, you know, that but it one that, you know, you hope to correct and say, hey, that this is why, you know, you might not want to say that that way. I don't know if you realize how it's being perceived and I'm I can see that you don't mean it this way, you know, but and you're right. I think what happens on Twitter and in the in the scary internet verse is that people get shouted down right away and it's almost mm. like back in the other direction. You're just going to squash this person under your thumb. I think it sounds cheesy, but I think you need to uh, approach if you're sort of like in the third party, but you're expected as somebody who is, you know, leading that game group to kind of help facilitate things. If you approach both parties with kindness, you know, I, like I said, I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but just thinking of where each person is coming from in, in a way sure. of like, mm-hmm. hey, this is this is how that sounds. Just know that, please. Sure. So it can be tough. Like I said, I, I really uh, I'm somebody who who does not like conflict at all. And I just like I knew it wasn't right, but I just I bit my lip and just kind of sat back. But like I said, I, I've uh, I've apologized to our friend since and, and he's doing you know, he's doing great things with his, uh, his YouTube channel. But, uh, so if you guys have any more feelings on the subject, if you, if you want to, uh, talk any more about this, uh, you can definitely post on our forums at guild three, two, two, seven, any ideas that you have about, uh, making, Oh, taking overt steps to make sure that, uh, inclusion is addressed all those things. And we're, we're going to, we're going to keep our ear open. We're going to keep our, our eyes open. We're going to try to be, at least I know I'm going to try to be better at, at those sorts of things. We're always trying to get better. And, and I, I think that this is, this is part of that. So thanks for listening. Well, guess what time it is, guys. It's time for another one of our patrons, Top 10 lists. All right. All right. All right. This one's going to be Mr. Nathan Fort. We'll we'll, we'll try to, uh, let's see, we, we've been pretty nice to people here lately. Maybe, maybe yeah, Nathan's got some games we can really rip on. <laughs> That'll be fun. All right. So we're going to start off with number 10, Museum. Well, I'd rip on it if I knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's Vincent Dutre Art. Yeah, one sure. of your favorites. Yeah, nope. one of my favorites. And okay. uh, this is one I, I think was a Kickstarter originally. Uh, I think so. It's from it's from Asthma Day, but also uh, holy. I don't know if it's Grail Games or Holy Grail Games, one of the two. But yeah, it has that nice art. I do know that it's kind of a like a heavy set. I don't know heavy, but set collection game. Okay, gotcha. Um, hmm. With they, different parts in the museum, it got a second edition pretty quickly, if I recall correctly, because mm-hmm. I think uh, I saw Z talking about it on the Dice Tower. It's very beautiful, obviously with the with the artist. So oh. we'll, we'll have to maybe Nathan will have to teach yeah, us that. Nathan's we'll going to play that with us. Have to show yeah. us that one. I'm down. All right, number nine. Paladins of the West Kingdom. All right. Well, I, I hear people talking about this one all the time, and it's everybody's favorite of the of the kingdom games. Have you still not gotten a chance to play it? I still have not. 
I, I would yeah. like to play it. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I do think I enjoy it the most out of the games. Yeah, uh, definitely out of the the ones that we played so far. The, yeah, that's the I've, best one. I've played it a few times. It, enjoyable, nice little puzzle. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, solid game. Number eight. The only thing wrong with this is it should be higher on your list, Nathan. <laughs> that is Great Western Trail. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, such a great game. That, I've, uh, I've been Jones' play much. it lately. Love it so much. And you threw the powers in the in the, the guild, didn't you? I threw the powers in the guild. Have you gotten any feedback on that yet? Uh, a couple of people are like, oh, this is really cool. I'd love to play it. Uh, one person said, this is blasphemy. You should go kill yourself right now for even <laughs> suggesting I'm such sorry. a thing. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, sorry. Hey, when you have played a game more than 100 times, I think you're allowed to uh, have you a little fun with, with it. it. Yeah. Hey, have a little fun. You know, that that is how Alexander Pfister got started. He just started doing different rules for his yeah. favorite games so yeah there you go and we oh, love player sure. powers he would approve yeah, yeah. I, I, a lot of his games could do with some player powers they could well so. that, that, personally i think great western trail is perfect for it yeah uh so yeah so if you're interested in those powers you can go to our guild at 3227 and uh, check them out yeah all right number seven Brass Lancashire. All right, another amazing game. Uh, so specific here, though he did he did not go with Birmingham, which a lot of people, you know, uh, Birmingham is is their favorite. So uh, I don't know, maybe he's, maybe he's not played Birmingham, or maybe he just likes it better. Well, some of the diehard grognards like that you you know have to fight yeah. your way to get to a strategy in this and know it really well to block somebody else. Sure, and all that sure. Kind of stuff. Yeah. I will say that Birmingham is my favorite, but if I had to just if I could only own one, I would probably actually take this wow. just because of the two-player map on the back. Uh, yeah, I like that two-player map. Yeah, and we've had yeah. some good two-players with that, Richie. Um, did you see, at least, I don't know if it's still that way, but I know that Birmingham moved into the number three position on uh, BGG Ooh, at some point nice. there. Uh, took over some game called Terraforming some planet. I can't remember. The moon or maybe it was Uranus. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. Probably Chad C would be able to tell us what the name of that game is. But yeah. All right. All right. All right. Number six is A Feast for Odin. All right, Nathan, your worst first choice here is terrible. <laughs> no, totally. Nathan, yeah. no, we, I, I disagree. That's a good pick. It, it, he's just terrible at the game. That's that's part of it. <laughs> no, I don't care. The game is just bad. When I have to feed my people and I have to put different colors in the line to feed them, that's just too much. Come yeah, on. It's now. a puzzle. He's it's a, a little it's salty. It's a good puzzle. Yeah. All right. For number five, The Colonist. That's awesome. I I wonder if he's played like a whole day with the you know the basically the, all the whole three f- ages and everything. Four ages, I think. Isn't Are it? there? Okay. I think, it's I, think I never got a chance to play it. You had it for a long time, I and then had I it. You, it just finally... never hit the table, and I finally <laughs> was like, ah, I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of want it back almost. Yeah. Now that we're into longer games. Yeah, kind I think of I might. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know, maybe I can see if I can track cheap, yeah. copy down or something. Yeah, we'll so. just uh, we'll invite Nathan over to have a oh, listen. Right. Yeah, yeah. We we just bring these games over and teach us all there to him. I love it. All right, number four. Well, at one point, this was my top game of 2019. That's uh, Wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It shouldn't always listen to clap, but that's all right. <laughs> Hey, I understand everybody, you know, most people really enjoy this game. It's great. It's beautiful. It's a lovely little game. I saw they had a Kickstarter for you can replace the, the little cubes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that? The action Where you got cubes. your little light yeah. Age of Steam disc. 
Oh, oh Meeple Source. Meeple Source, yeah. yeah. Meeple Source had, uh, yeah, little, yeah, you can get different birds for the, mm-hmm. the next, uh, the oceanic birds. Right. Yeah, I think that's for, you know, that's for those real bird lovers out there. And actually, I, I will say, I I was listening to something the other day, and I was listening to somebody talk about how they were they were talking about, I think it was... Uh, uh, board games, board gamers anonymous, and they were talking about games that you hated the first time and then grew to really like. And somebody said Wingspan, and, and then he said, "I really like it because my family and my wife really like it, and we have good times together." I mean, when I first played it, I didn't enjoy it, but seeing how much they like it makes me enjoy the game more. So, and that could be a thing too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, number three, another Stonemeyer game. Scythe. I think this one has kind of dropped a little bit for me over time, but I mean, I still, it's a solid game. I mean, there's still a lot going on in it, and uh, I know that the expansions brought a lot of cool, different, extra things to it, and uh, well, we just did a review on it not too long ago, so I'm going to stop talking about it and move on to number two. All right. Richie's number one of all time, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Solid. Uh, assuming he's saying with the expansion, because if he's saying it's number two without the expansion, his mind's going to be blowing. (laughs) (laughs) It's still a great game without the expansion, but it it definitely is. uh, You got to play with the expansion. Stellar, stellar. And I, I'm actually really excited for my folded space insert for Lorenzo to come in because I didn't buy a wooden one, but I actually like the. I'm a, I'm a true nerd. And I like the arts and crafts of putting those things together while I'm watching a movie or something. I kind of do. I bought, I made the mistake once of buying like 13 at a time. <laughs> and it took a long time to put all those together. <laughs> I bet it did. And it, it was, uh, after a while, you get a little, you get a little done with that glue. And wow. yeah, yeah, I could, yeah, after 13, I get that. Uh, well, I have no opinions on these inserts since I don't buy them. <laughs> all right. Okay. And finally, his number one drum roll. Whoop, whoop. Mm. That was a drum roll? I don't know. I was getting excited. <laughs> Mari Kaibo. All right. right. Number two or three or could, they, could, a could, fraction. Could be out of the top ten. Two and a half. Yeah, let's, three and three No, quarters. this is an amazing, this is a great pick. Amazing game. Uh, wonderful. Everything about it is just is stellar. And yeah, quite honestly, game. I need it. If, if it wasn't for the fact that Age of Steam took over my life, I'd still be playing quite a bit of this game. And now I'm afraid Coin's going to take over my life, so I, I don't know. Who knows whenever Mark Kaibo will ever get back to the table. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so uh, pretty darn good list. Yeah, I, got yeah, I like that list. Yeah. You just got to show us the uh, museum, Nathan. That's Yeah, and he did say, uh, so he, he kind of went on um, our Slack channel and asked some people, hey, how do you do your top tens? And, you know, how many times do you feel like you have to play a game for oh. it to be in your top ten? It's a good discussion. And, and, and Chad said, you know, just once because otherwise chad wouldn't have a top 10 um (laughs) (laughs) but no seriously and uh somebody suggested pub meeple to him and he said he ended up using pub meeple and he said yeah i love pub meeple yeah so i I hate it but a lot of people love it it's the exact same thing that you do i but for some reason it just does not work for me i do not like sitting there clicking over i get bored and just want to stop and then it doesn't work i don't mind the clicking but i feel like sometimes i i end up with a list that's two of the games weren't compared to each other ever in front of me. And I don't know if that happened, but I feel like that would make a difference. So I I have done that before, but the latest top 50, I used 50 note cards, 60 note cards, actually. Yeah, note cards. That's where thing. it's at. Just use Pub Meeple. It makes it a lot easier, and it saves your list. Yeah. So you always true. have 
that to refer back to. Yeah, well, sure. we are talking to, I mean, I feel embarrassed now that I was lumped into a category with Clef because he was the guy keeping track of plays on notebook <laughs> yeah, was, paper. And, and, it was and like spreadsheet. three years ago. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> All right, well... Thank you, Nathan, very much for your uh, well for your top ten, but also thank you very much for your support. And hey, if anybody out there would like to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com to punchboard paradise. Um, we have multiple different levels, including you know, just want to come in and just support us with just a buck would be amazing. Um, certainly understand if you can't, but if you would like to, please help support the show. We're Looking to do some improvements. We're looking to get some new soundboards, some new mics, uh, kind of things that we're trying to do. Um, and uh, eventually a tick, uh, trip to Tokyo, right? Isn't that what we're going to use their money for? <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, <right. laughs> I'm kidding. No, no. But seriously, thank you for everybody uh, supports us. And um, But if you don't can't support us through Patreon, please make sure you're going to iTunes and you're giving us a five-star review. Make sure you're going to uh, the different platforms and you know liking our posts and different things like that, uh, retweeting out our tweets. All those things really, really help out uh, the, the podcast. So uh, anything you can do to help us out, we really appreciate it. You can also pick up a T-shirt Ooh. at punchboardparadise.threadless.com. All right. Oh, that great, sweet design of that punch bunch. Yeah. Thanks, gang. So for the draft today, it is going to be low rules overhead, high strategy. Hey, interpret that how you want. Okay. Um, so that's that's what the rules are right now is just low rules overhead, high strategy. And Richie, why don't you tell everybody how we draft here at Punchboard Paradise? So at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft, and it's going to be a serpentine draft, which all that means is that if you draft last in the first round, you're going to draft first in the second round. We're going to roll off. Clef is doing something weird with his dice and <laughs> warming, warming, it up. warming up the dice. And uh, whoever wins that roll off will get to set the, the draft order. Here we go. Nine, nine, three, five. Yes, I'm first. I don't really care. <laughs> okay, I'll go me first. I'm going Richie second. Chad, you get the uh, swing there, all right? All right, all right. All right, my number one, no question about it. This game is one of my top favorite games of all time right now. And truly, this game, I can explain it to you in, I would guess, five minutes, the basics of the game. Hey, you're going to take some shares that are going to get you some money. You're going to do some bidding. Then you're going to go lay some tracks and you're going to move some cubes. That's all there is to this game. But the strategy is out the roof. Out the roof? That's probably the wrong expression, but it's high. (laughs) And that is Age of Steam. No question about it. Low no, low rules overhead, high strategy. What are you looking at me for, Chad? I don't know. Our friend Ben Maddox, he was like struggling with the rules of this well, game. Well, that's on, Ben on, Maddox, on, all right? Whoa. <laughs> no, Shot come on fired. now. I had it on my list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Very rules overhead, very low. Okay. okay. 
And I'm talking for me, if I'm teaching a game, okay, if I'm pulling out Tracarion to teach, okay, and obviously this would be something that's the opposite, you know, you're going to be there for, or even a coin game, you're going to be there for a long, long time. Yeah. Age of Steam, very, very low on the rules teach. All right. But the strategy is immense. All right, all right. Richie, I'm right on this one. I, yeah, like I said, it's on my yeah. list. I would I would definitely agree. It's, it's a game that you can get someone into easily. They will struggle, and they will most likely do poorly. Yeah. But, yeah, it, the the actual rules themselves are very easy. Yep. Okay. All, All right. right. So it. my number one, Age of Steam. Richie, what do you got? All right, so for my number one, I think this is my favorite splatter. It's, it's definitely the splatter that I won't turn down a play of because it's, it's definitely the quickest splatter, and it's one that I have gotten better at now, and I... I, I get it. it. It has clicked now for me, so I, I understand the strategy in it, and that is bus. And it's a game where, I mean, it's it's worker placement, which worker placement is just inherently easier to teach uh, to begin with. But you don't have that many actions. You you really are only doing like two or three actions per round. Uh, but understanding how the bus routes work, understanding where to put buildings at, uh, and when to put buildings, and all that pushed together uh, is just offers some nice depth to that game. Uh, with uh, relatively simple rules teach at the front. Unless you get one of those people that are like, how would you stop time with your bus? <laughs> yeah, don't 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 dig into the theme too much. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, you're Thanos, you're Thanos. <laughs> time stone. Nah, excellent choice, Richie. Great game. Good, good, good. That was definitely on my list. Bus right. was on my list, so good pick. All right, so that's bus. Chad. I will go with, for my first pick, I will go with the only other splatter that I feel like would fit in this category. And now this is probably the highest end mm. on rules for me. This is the highest end on rules for me. But I'm going to go with Great Zimbabwe. Mm. It was on my list. Yeah. Yep. I, I did not. It was on my sh my short, short list. Yeah. It's 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 not a lot of rules. It's on yeah. the border. Yeah. Certainly the rules are can be a little opaque right right but i would agree that the rules are not a lot and the strategy is yes immense i yeah. feel like yeah. so i feel like with every splatter game there's maybe like one or two rules that are kind of hard to conceptualize like with bus it's how you can split a route and with great zimbabwe it's the hubbing action until you kind of understand it on the board but i just taught this to a friend who had listened to very few of our podcasts but wanted to listen to the top 50 and he said hey uh, i heard you talk about great zimbabwe it sounds cool to me would you teach it to me and he has he owns munchkin betrayal at house on the hill just got seven wonders but hasn't played it yet i mean he hasn't played a lot of games so and <laughs> whoa yeah he, <laughs> he asked me but he asked me to play it right and he loves it he loves it. Okay. So All right. okay. Uh, good pick. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. So, like I said, it was on my list. This that that might be my favorite splatter. So Great Zimbabwe gets my first pick. My second pick, actually, guys, and I, I don't know why I'm picking it now because I'm not gonna have to fight anybody for it, but I'm gonna pick Paris Connection because I feel like it is a lot of these cube rails games can sometimes fit this this uh this spot where the rules fit you know, for example, Iron Gauge and I, that one, Irish Gauge, excuse me, it doesn't, it doesn't make my list. But you know, one page of rules. Paris Connection is like that too. In fact, when we first played it the first time, we said to ourselves, "Is this, is this all we're supposed to be doing? Do, 
do is this all we do and then we realize okay well if i put more of these trains out as my stock i have less stock at the end and you know how do i make this connect to here but still have it be worth something for me and how do i get others not to cut off my line and and those kinds of things so paris connection is one of those cube rail stock train games it was previously known as nscf i believe or sncf i could be wrong but anyway, uh, that's that's my second pick because I think for me one of those cube rail games has to be mentioned, and that's that's a good one. I'm not going to disagree with your pick. The only thing I would say is it certainly does have low rules overhead. I just don't know how much strategy would be in it after a couple of plays. Is my only wonder. Is it is it does it have a limit to what its strategy is? And I haven't played Paris Connection, but I was curious. Do you have any other cube rail games on your list? By chance, what are you <laughs> no. trying to trying to figure out? So you know to to I was gonna I was gonna make a comment on one, but if no, it's on your I, list, I, I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't. So I would think like Chicago Express, yeah, which we played, which I, I right, would think right. that that might fit. Yep, like for a cube rail game. Like yeah, if you're gonna I, pick a cube rail game, I would. The only I would thing lean with cube rail games one. to me is that their 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 ceiling is not very high when it comes to strategy. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody would say you're totally. They're way way higher than what you think. But at least my initial impressions of them are yes, they're low overhead, but they don't have a very high high strategy. I I I think that some of these take repeated plays to see but i can understand where you're coming from yeah you know i don't disagree with your pick mm. i'm just that was a was a curious question, well, you can so. disagree yeah we disagree all the time well that that we do <laughs> <laughs> all right reggie what do you got well with my second pick i'm gonna take again that we do disagree on this is you know it's a healthy part of your diet according to chad and <laughs> i knew this I, I left this one for you reggie. <laughs> I, I think it. you had no I, problem I, taking this I, one yeah, I, didn't, I probably didn't need to worry about taking it but um either way after the last draft, you never know. People are picking stockpile when they don't even like the game. They don't own it. <laughs> I still <laughs> so, own it. What are you talking about? Stockpile is on my shelf right now. No, uh, it's kind of in a pile over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is Concordia for my second pick. And this is one where, I mean, it's so easy to teach this game. You, you're going to play a card. Your card has everything that you, you do for the turn. But the actual strategy in the game in I've been playing a few games with uh, Joe Farrow online, and whew, I get slaughtered. He's every a shark, time. man. Yeah, he's, he's smart, he's right? Ridiculously he, like, good. He pulls, at a, he pulls a reversing upon on you there. Yes, huh? <laughs> very much so. I don't. I have not even come close to beating him. But it is a a game that has a lot of strategies that you can go after, and it's very opaque and. If you are playing for the first time, they tell you to do the intermediate scoring so that you can understand the cards that you're taking and what they're doing to your score and how you're scoring points, uh, which, you know, definitely if it's you're playing with newbies, I would suggest that because otherwise you're going to get to the end and probably get slaughtered. Elegant is overused, but this fits it. And the reason it fits it is because there aren't very many rules, but there's plenty of strategy to parse. So yeah. it's a good pick. Yeah, Richie pretty much just won this draft. Yeah, he did. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, he deserves okay. to have all right, Concordia. All right, all, right. all right, so that is Concordia. Clef. I'm going to go with a game that uh, been, it's been out for about a year, but it was a re-implementation of a game called Noya Heimat, and that is The Estates. And this is a very simple rules teach in the fact that hey each turn you're going to you know it's your turn you're going to put up something for auction everybody has a chance to bid and you have the last chance if you want to buy it next person's turn you know so on and so on and then you're going to be placing this cube or this roof tile just out on the board that's the rules you know well you can embezzle some money or whatever you know but honestly that's the rules and 
the strategy is so much fun and there's so much so many different layers to it the thing i love about that game so much is the there's a moment where oh all right richie and i we're gonna get this row down we're gonna get this road down and then all of a sudden ha- something happens and all of a sudden richie and i are complete and utter enemies again on the board and now chad and i are trying to work on another row and i just love that how the, the strategy switches just instantaneously in that game super super good super quick uh to play you can play a game in about 45 minutes but still have that great deep feeling um of, of a great game so yeah so my number two pick is the estates so i'll choice it's on my list and like you said it's it's one that when you learn it it just seems like okay whatever but once you get going it there's a lot of strategy there okay my number three pick now i don't know i might get a little flack for this one but you know i'm sitting here thinking about some games that i feel like they're not terribly tough to teach i got some rules <laughs> but i feel like working on it yep but I feel like the strategy, I don't know. And like I said, you guys could you throw it out. I don't care. You throw it out. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to go with a a Stefan Feld game, and I'm going to say Castles of Burgundy. I, I feel like, you know, yes, I understand that sometimes things can be a little bit confusing, but really when it comes down to it, you're rolling a couple of dice, you're grabbing some tiles off the board, you're putting them into your ready-to-play area, or you're taking a ready-to-play tile and you're putting it out onto your place you literally anybody could play the game fairly simple with those understandings of you're taking that number to put that there and taking that number to put it out there but the strategy in it of getting to those oh so sweet combos when you like set it up you know okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and then boom i'm gonna do this and this 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 and this and this and this right and oh look at there i just scored 30 points that's where that strategy and i mean let's be honest if you play somebody in castles of burgundy and they've never played before you're gonna slaughter them yes um Ooh. i'm not okay. gonna I'm, say that the rules are any heavier than something like the great zimbabwe which i talked about but if you play your the, that game for the first time and both of you if in a two-player game are new your head's going to be in the rule book a lot because of all those different tiles all and the what iconography they do. and yeah all the different powers of the tiles. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to throw it out. Okay. So I get, I get to leave it on there. You get to leave but it on close. there. All right. Just, well, I guess a punch a, punch will barely. be the ones who will It just seemed like, a, it seems it's almost like a like, rushed pick. Like a, it's almost like if you pick. You mean, I just mean like <laughs> that I just picked like five minutes before we started the podcast? Yeah. Like as if you hmm. just. I wonder, I wonder if up. that happened. Huh. Okay. Yeah, just, your explanation sounds like when uh, Lacerda says that Lisboa was all you do is you pick <laughs> a card, card and you play your card. That's all you got to do. Take, play card, take an action. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> all righty. Well, I'm going to stick with it. I really do think, I mean, I agree. Maybe the rules are a little bit heavier because of all the iconography, but I really feel like that game strategy really, as more you play it, you're going to grit gain more strategy and and get higher scores so i'm sticking with it castles of burgundy all right richie back to you all right so for my third pick this is one that uh, i just recently played with clef and i got slaughtered and that is heaven and ale and it's a game where it's super easy to teach i mean you just you're just buying a tile you can go around the chad is brushing his beard because he scored zero points i think of the first time we played it actually that is a game i did worse in each successive play but but the actual rules are easy you move your character you buy it if you put it on the dark side you pay whatever the value is put on light side it's double and 
it's very easy rules teach, but the actual strategy of getting your brewmaster up and getting your resources up so that you don't score zero points, it, it, it takes a little to get used to. The putting the somewhere where you put the tiles, if I remember right, some some how they how they trigger and how they score sometimes doesn't feel the most intuitive. But I mean, I definitely think that yes, there is definite strategy because I considered this, but then I thought, ooh, sometimes explaining the first time you you play the game and and uh, how you get a brewmaster up yeah, and stuff. There is a ton of strategy in this game. Yeah. This has got yeah, some heavy strategy. Okay, sure. Low rules overhead. Ooh, I don't know about low rules overhead. This is a base game that game. every I'm time... I'm base game I'm, here. Yeah, I'm not even talking about the expansion here. I, every time I teach this game, I pretty much just tell people, you're not going to win. Just play and enjoy and try to figure it out. Yeah. The scoring is what's so... Right, not intuitive. Not intuitive, and that's that's right. that's a tough thing for people to understand. Yeah, that's the depth. So <laughs> That's a rule. <laughs> that's the depth. <laughs> that's a rule. <laughs> but you gave me Castles of Burgundy, so I'll give yeah, it to yeah, you. I and I love it. Heaven and Ale. It's there an amazing go. game. So. <laughs> so that's my third pick, Heaven and Ale. All right. Well, you know, I I don't know why I keep picking these games. I know I'm picking stuff that I don't have to fight for this time around. But I'm going to pick one of Clef's well, favorite Chad, games. Chad, you've got your last two picks here. You don't have to worry about it. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. What we're doing, yeah. uh, but I, I'm going to pick one of Clef's favorite games, and, and that is a Reiner Knizia game, Stevenson's Rocket. I actually think <laughs> that Stevenson's Rocket is a great game for for strategy and and rules now there are a few things that feel a little bit wonky if you're used to age of steam and track lying kinds of things but really it's well laid out there's only a few pages in the in the rules itself and the branches that you can go uh in this game what you choose to do first there's not an opening strategy it all depends on what other players do and how they do it and the actions are very minimal you either choose something to get stock in or you choose to move your train and how you move it uh you can build you know you can build lines you can get passengers out basically you can you know build stations essentially but it's all in how the other players are playing the game which makes it very interesting strategy wise so that's why my number three pick is stevenson's rocket why is everybody looking at me? Because well, you sat back and rolled yeah. your eyes. <laughs> and I have not played it. I still haven't played it. Well, I brought it. <laughs> Again. I, I still have not played it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if I would call this rules light or low rules overhead. It is very, I mean, the the way you move your train or train, you move your, move your uh, whatever, the, the rocket, I guess it is. And how that goes, and then, you know, to cut somebody off, and then they get to use a passenger. I mean, I've played the game like three times, and I couldn't teach it right now. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and I mean, even games I don't like, I mean, I eventually will understand them. And I'm still, so there's a lot of rules I do not understand still in Stevenson's Rocket. Now, I know you have said to me, you know, Kinesia did a different type of game than what in Age of Steam is for that type of system. Oh, but I don't know. Oh, Chad. Oh, it's a questionable pick. It's a very questionable pick. <laughs> you you should have called it a questionable pick. You haven't even played the game. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Trust that. me. Trust me. 
I would think of Kenichi's games. There's another game that you have played that would fit that bill. Right. Well, I yeah. considered it, yeah. but I but wanted you to give some love. You to didn't Steven. necessarily understand one rule in that game. I knew you're either, but <laughs> that is why I didn't pick that part. I got, I got eight blues. I, I win. <laughs> Chad, you got zero. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, hey. all right. I mean, hey, that's a beautiful thing about this draft. You're yeah, the people. Opinion. The people yeah. will let and us the know. punch bunch will let you know. You know, well, yeah. punch bunch will let everybody know that Concordia is their favorite game. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, and I'm sorry for doubling up, but this was one of the reasons I thought of this as a possible draft category, and that is Arboretum. I I know I had this last time, but I, it is probably the one of the thinkiest fillers I think that there is. It's it's pretty straightforward. The only different, the only hard thing in the rules is the scoring and keeping something in hand and feeling like you you have to do things that way. But it is, it is a card game. It's a thinky filler, and I think there's plenty of of strategy in that thirty minutes or whatever that you play in the game. Well, I will just say the first time I ever played Arboretum, and we got to the scoring. And I found out I scored zero because I didn't understand the rules. I don't know. I mean, I will say once you understand the rules, they're, you know, it's not like a lot of rules that you have to know. And is the strategy really that much? I mean, I guess there is a lot of, you know, do you keep higher numbers so you can block other people from scoring? Yeah. And um, cards that are put out for you. How much do you take cards. them or let them sit? I'm going to give you that one. So, yeah, think, all right. You got three picks that are good, Chad. All right. <laughs> all right. What do you got, Richie? All right. So, for my last one, I think you should have an abstract game on this list. I think that that fits the... Well, you should I, have an abstract I, I think so game too. on this <laughs> I think so, too. I mean... Uh, so, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, part of the gift series, and that is Devon. And uh, in Devon, you... Part of the, the setup is part of the game as well and part of the strategy. And I mean, honestly, for our first few games, we just threw the pieces out there randomly because we didn't you know what we were really doing. Uh, but you are there are these Devon pieces, which are the, the red pieces on the board. And you are trying to you're moving your piece around and trying to gain control of these different stacks. But if you ever lose contact with one of the Devon pieces, all the pieces that just lost contact with it, they go away. They're off the board. And then the game ends when no one can make any more moves. And then whoever has, uh, then you compare stacks and whoever has the highest of stacks that they uh, control, they win the game. And like I said, it, it in this game, once you actually understand it and you get used to it, that like I said, the, the setup is part of the game. And that's where, I mean, you can win or lose it just when you're setting out your pieces and setting out the Devon pieces on the board. Uh, so it's one that it, it takes repeated plays to get to get good at. And like I said, I think an abstract game should be on this list, so I'm going to pick Devon. I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, certainly a lot of abstract games are going to be fairly straight simple of, you know, here's what you do, here's how you play it, and then obviously somebody who has knowledge of the game is going to slaughter you. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah. I think that's a great pick. Yeah. Like if, if I had played something like, or I should say tried to play something like Go more than once, I would pick Go, you know. But Sure. I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I know uh, both Jake, uh, one of our listeners, and Dan both have taught me different abstract games, you know, and they're very simple to understand, and yet they'll absolutely just destroy me because they this, they know the strategy so much better. So, no, that's a great pick, Richie. So. All right. All right, I'm Bluff. ready to finish it off here. Bring it um, on. My last pick, I'm going to go with a 
Canizia game that is very low in rules, but I think it takes a great bit of strategy of when you actually bid for your tiles and when you don't, and that is raw. Uh, this is a great auction game, and in fact, one of my one of my favorites. Uh, literally, you're you're on your turn. You're either going to pull a tile from the bag and put it out there, or you can what's called invoke raw which starts an auction for the game and basically everybody has these four sons that have different numbers on them and when it's your turn you can either choose to pass if you don't want to bid on it if then whatever number's out there too high or you can put out a higher number and that's it you only have the one chance if somebody then outbid you you don't get them but then then you take whatever tiles and you put them into your play area but knowing when to pass when to bid i mean sometimes there's nothing up for bid but just a number but sometimes bidding your one or two to get a nine or a ten for the next round can be so worth it and so there's such great strategy in that game uh yeah i mean you guys can't disagree with that one no that's a that's a good good pick. that's a solid pick if i had played because i've never played tigris and euphrates that's another great Mm, example of of his his games there too but yeah Ra is is one of my favorite auction games because it's his most flexible right. auction game, and, I think. And I would say, you know, Tigers and Rafetis and, and Yellow and Yangtze, a little bit more rules overhead. I mean, you really, I mean, yeah. obviously Chad didn't even understand one of the rules. So, uh, but, uh, <laughs> Hounding but, it but well, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that Sweden map, it's too long. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, my last pick is Raw. All right, that's it for the draft. Uh, Real quick, I'll do a little recap here just so everybody hears. So Richie came in with Bus, Concordia, or Broccoli, uh, Heaven and Ale, and Devon. Chad had Great Zimbabwe, Paris Connection, Arboretum, and Stevenson's Rocket. And I came in with Age of Steam, The Estates, Castles of Burgundy, and Raw. All right, and just remember, when this episode drops, you should be able to vote on our guild for the list you think is the best and best adhered to the rules. And uh, you can do that at our guild on Board Game Geek at 3227. But speaking of draft results... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reckoning. Yeah. I, I honestly we'll think I think Chad should punish us all. I mean, <laughs> we could have added Dan, yours, and my score together, and Chad hey, still destroyed us, and we still weren't even close. Don't drag me down to the bottom. Oh, I'm I came, dragging you I, I into came this. Down, I came we in were second. just <laughs> oh, by a big margin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Chad had fifty nine point six percent of the vote. Woo. I came in second with 19.3% of the vote. <laughs> and Clef and Dan both had 10.5% of the vote. So I, I win because I get the tiebreaker because I'm a true punch boarder and he's not, right? So we're just going to punish Dan yeah, next we'll time we see him? Dan. Yeah, yeah. We'll just punish Next him. time he's on the episode, we'll okay, just have we, him We run. can punish Dan too, but I, whoa, I think... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I All right, think, what do you got for me, Chad? Uh, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to talk about why it is good that Kansas City fans only have to suffer through a shortened season because the Royals really stink right now. Well, that that hurts. All right, that hurts. 
Um, we just had to sign uh, Matt Harvey for a minor league contract because we're in such bad news. Okay, our pitching sucks. All right, I they our pitching is terrible. We literally have already had to have a game where we just had bullpen pitchers because we don't have anybody because half the team's either out with COVID or they're on the injured list or whatever. The team is terrible, with the exception of. Whit Merrifield is hey, um, rolling. Talk positive here. So, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and stop that whoa, there. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Talking oh, positively that, about your That hurt, your Chad. That hurt. Uh, that oh, was apropos. My goodness. All, All right. right. Well, you know, I just wanted to have a we're, – we're going to play a little game here. Whoa, just we got a game? Something. I, hopefully it's fun. It's something that I came up with. Does uh, Richie have another opportunity to win an ice cream sandwich? You both have Ooh. opportunities to win two Ice cream sandwiches. Oh, oh two ice works. cream sandwiches. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm in now. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Just one. Wasn't, I wasn't all that caring. But two. I'm in. I'm in. All right. So here is, here's the deal, guys. We're going to play a, a sort of a, a newlywed game for gamers. So you, I've secretly asked your spouses a couple of questions about what? about board gaming. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you guys are going to have to... Uh, have to see if you can guess what their answers are. Okay. So, okay. You, right. I like this. If you, I'm excited. Uh, whoever comes closest is, is gonna is gonna get the two ice cream sandwiches. Okay. All right, Bob. All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Don't make me do one of my favorite TV spots of all time. All right. Okay. So, Richie, we're gonna start with you for the first question. Okay. All right. Who is the most competitive? Oh, it's Jessica. Okay. Easily. Good. One point for Richie. That's that's so easy. One, she just say I could have answered yeah, that. <laughs> I'm very, for the most part, relaxed at the table. Sure, I, it's, it's very yeah. rare unless I've been out in the sun for a long time and someone stole my <laughs> ice cream sandwich. I'm very usually very relaxed at the table. <laughs> Jessica is mean, especially if it's just me and her. She will get mean. <laughs> There's a lot of nasty names going around, and Whoa. this is you know. Okay, all right, all right. All right so Clef. Who's more competitive, you or Missy? Missy, by far. All right, so she said yes. So you both got one point, okay? Richie. Maybe not as maybe not as competitive as Jessica. It sounds oh, like. Yeah. Well, now here's the thing: <laughs> if it, other people at the table, she's she's nicer, okay. but she's still like she doesn't care if there's a new player at the table. Oh, okay. They're going to learn the hard way how to play the game. Right. I, I would say more Missy's when it's just me one on one that she's really yeah. competitive but yeah when it's a full environment she may not be as quite as competitive but yes all right so okay one-on-one all right all right this kind of goes together so maybe you'll get get this too but uh who is the sore loser it's, it's jessica 100 okay. percent. okay all right still, i don't i don't care missy. if i win her yeah still missy? okay all right you guys are our good. wives should play again that'd be yeah all right richie what is jessica's favorite game See, this is tough because she doesn't. Ooh. She Ooh. refuses to make a list. I've I've tried to get her to make a list several times. Um, I'm gonna guess. The other issue is she forgets games. Like sometimes I think she really likes a game. Okay, quit the stalling. Give oh, an answer. I, actually, this looks like her answer so far. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she just completely forgets the game, and it's a game that we play thirty times. Like you like that game still? And she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm well, gonna say the answer. I'm going to say Mansions of Madness Second Edition is her favorite. Okay. She says right now she really likes Clank Legacy. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I got Clank this. I got it. Yep. Same question, right? Yep. You got it. Alchemist. 
She says any game she already knows how to play. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell is that kind of crap answer? Uh, Alchemist is 100%. She loves that game. I don't know. It's not what she said. What? Right. Any game that she... I mean, I'll agree with that. She does not like to get taught new rules. Right. Our, our wives should really play. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just make sure it's one they both know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is Richie's favorite game? Oh, this oh, is what Jessica this is what yeah, she that's said. That's what I asked Jessica. I don't even think she knows. Um, I'm gonna guess that she. I think she knows it's Lorenzo. I'm gonna say she she knows her husband well enough to say Lorenzo, and she does. Very <laughs> right, good. Go. Very good. Clef, oh, what does Missy say? Your favorite oh, game my is. Oh goodness. Well, I you know, it changes so quickly for me. <laughs> I, it's it's kind of tough. Um, Wow. Well, I, I, I'm not answering yet. I, I feel like she would have. She's either going to say Age of Steam or she's going to say Great Western Trail. I think those are the one of the two answers she is going to give. And I am. This, Can we know when the questions were asked? I was about I to say, that. when was this question asked? Like recently? Like within recently, the past? Recently, okay. yeah. I'm going to say that she is going to say Age of Steam. You are correct. She Woo! said Age of Steam. All My right. wife would don't, be don't so bad up at here. this game, man. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, I have no idea. Okay. All right. So next, Richie, your wife missed this question when I gave it to her, So and I didn't catch it. So this might be an opportunity for Clef to get a bonus what? question. Wait a minute. Well, hey, it's not my fault your wife didn't answer. <laughs> you can tell her that she lost you yeah. the ice cream right. sandwich. Yeah. Her competitiveness has just <laughs> lost out. She's going to take me out for ice cream. <laughs> okay, so what question? Did, what All right, it? Clef. What game does your wife say you are really bad at? Alchemist. No, she said what? Clank Legacy. <laughs> oh, you are well, terrible. Like, I did like, not like, win a game. It's <laughs> a good point. Damn it. Gosh. You had the, Why has she forgotten about Alchemist? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, lastly, Richie, what does Jessica say is your most embarrassing gaming moment? I mean, honestly, I cannot think of a time I've embarrassed myself at the table. I can think of some embarrassing moments for her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm ready to answer. Okay. Can, can, can come to me? Yep. Well, he's thinking. Sure. Okay. So this is. Oh, did you think of something? No, you go. You go ahead. I'll, okay, I'll, let me think. I just want to verify. So this is my most embarrassing moment. Gaming moment. Yeah. Gaming moment. Okay. I'm gonna say on our wedding night. I don't even know if this is what she said, but this is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> on our wedding night. I love this. We were playing. So this is a long time ago. Obviously, yep. we were playing lunch money. And literally, there Are was. There, is this a, a game you can buy? Is this real rules? Yes, this is. Yeah, this is an actual. <laughs> this isn't like a role playing. Uh, yeah, some weird game where you <laughs> drew cards and you got different like things you could do to steal people's lunch money. I right. can't remember a hundred percent. Okay, but I know there was a point where I drew a card out of order. And she about flipped out on me because she would have won if she would have gotten that card or something. And it was like the stupidest thing, but we got in like this big argument. <laughs> so that is what I'm going to say is the lunch money incident. Is, is this lunch <laughs> like money? This. It's not the cover yeah. that I was expecting. Yeah. It's like a stupid card game. I mean, this okay. is long before I, you know, knew. It is on BGG. So yeah. 5.6. That is lunch great. Okay. And what'd she say? You know what? We'll, we'll see. The jury's out. I might still okay. give you points on this one, but she said, and I quote, I don't know. He doesn't really embarrass easily. So oh. there you go. Okay. I mean, I wasn't embarrassed, thing. but I just thought that maybe that <laughs> right. was a, a moment that of, she came up with. of yeah. an embarrassment type yeah. of thing. So. Yeah. Right. And I'll be honest with you, I still do not have a good answer. <laughs> the only thing I can think of, maybe when we were playing monikers, there was some card that I had to act out that 
Mm. That's the only thing I can think of. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can you say what you had to act out? No, I don't know. I'm just, oh, I'm just guessing. You're, here. I'm, you're just, you're I'm just digging. Fire. I have, I, I have mean, zero I clue. could say, I mean, you did a really good job with new descending new, staircase. That was that took a while to get that down. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely embarrassing. <laughs> she says your most embarrassing gaming moment is losing to her at Caverna over and over, even oh, though yes, you love true. it and she hates it. Yeah, she hates that game, and I, I think I've beat her once maybe Actually, yeah. I, don't, I don't think i have beater no, i don't think i have beater okay so i'm gonna give you both ice cream sandwiches because you tied clef you actually get special points for coming up with an embarrassing moment that was pretty good too yeah, so well, that's good yeah, yeah. all right well, you know what we ago, gotta do now clef was it, was gotta make contact yeah. About someone else at this table. <laughs> I, I, Stephanie will know nothing. <laughs> it's going to be like, uh, we, might, we might just ask for embarrassing is it, moments. Is it Munchkin? She'll say, Munchkin? All right. Well, hopefully the Punch Bunch knows a little bit more about you. And uh, and that was that was fun. It, I actually enjoyed talking to Jessica and Missy about it too because they're good sports. So you guys, uh, yeah, you're being you, sneaky. You guys I'd married know a, that that happened. Quite yeah. a pair. Of Steph, we just need so Chad's gamers. top five most embarrassing moments. <laughs> I'm in life. fairly sure she's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> God knows my wife does it and yours right. doesn't. They play games. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, punch, punch. We really appreciate you uh, you listening to this episode. Hopefully, you got something out of it. You enjoyed our. Draft. Remember all the places that you can contact us on. Uh, we really appreciate you. Take good care of each other and yourselves. Everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. All right, I'll stop bashing on Root. So Root's still good, but... <laughs>